Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey, Victor Lucas. How are you, my friend? I'm good. You know what? I'm really happy that this has become a regular thing, that we make our way into the dungeon here to talk. More than a regular thing. We've been it's doing awesome. this for over a year now, so Holy I would say shit. that we have officially graduated to it being a regular thing. It's a regular thing, yeah. like, like a morning poop. Well, yeah, I went know, there. we're 20 seconds in and already you have brought up shit. So congratulations well, on we, lowering the bar. For... It's, you know what? It can only get better, right? That's that's the idea. Well, I wanted that. to start today's podcast off with a little story. We were out in the field yesterday yeah. and I farted twice. You did. Yeah. And one of them, we were by a body of water. And so yeah. I tried to blame it on the body of water. You did try to blame it on the water. I did. Yeah, and, that's uh, a good trick. But then I, this morning, though, this is the kind of guy I am. I'm very classy. Yeah. We were sitting with waiting for uh, Elysium to start. We can't talk about it because it's no, not in theaters it's under yet. embargo. Go see uh, it. But we did see it. Go, go see it. Just relax, okay. all right? Just, uh, just go see it. Okay, you're go really ahead. pissing me off Okay, right go now. ahead. Everybody go see it. Go ahead. So we're in the dark. You're an asshole. <laughs> so we're in the dark, and I, and I say to Vic, hey, listen, I'm sorry about those farts from yesterday. And I said, I was going to talk to you about that. <laughs> you're, not, you're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> well, you know, like the same way you put Clyde in the backseat of the car and he shits all over. <laughs> Give me a microphone and turn a camera on and I just start farting profusely. <laughs> How is Clyde doing? Let's have a Clyde update. Oh, Clyde's doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he's like, uh, right now he kind of w looks at, at me with like, holy shit, I got better. Mm. I wasn't expecting that. I was, yeah. uh, I was feeling all screwed up and kicked around but yeah i feel i feel a bit better it's like he, he seemed kind of ah, like he's shaking sweet, it off you know what you should do yeah. you should go to the store and get him like get him a gift get him a little cat toy does he have well, any we, toys we have uh, kind of beige food and then uh some slightly darker food and, but and get a him a toy get him something get him something ah, make him feel special he's toy. not too listen i'll tell you what he gets he gets Improve he gets my daughter walking over to him pulling his tail no honestly it's progressed to like wrestling pinning like she just lies flat on him and pins him to the ground. Yeah. And he just loves it. He thinks it's awesome. Welcome back to Cat Talk with Vic and Scott. <laughs> no, yeah. he's, he's a very happy cat. But That's we have good. other cool things to talk about. We can't talk about Elysium, but go see it. Uh, but oh we have God, other things that we can, uh, we can refer to. Uh, two guns. See, you can say that, but I can't say what I want to well, say. Well, listen, here's my thought. Okay. Here's my thought. Okay. Even if you hate it, and I'm not going to spoil anything. <clears throat> You need to uh, support original ideas, and not enough people support a Pacific Rim. But you Rim. don't need to go see terrible movies no, because you your life is short. But you know what? We like are inundated say. with sequels. We are inundated with Listen. reboots and rehashes and refreshes. But so if, if somebody go goes, if a studio goes out and spends a hundred million bucks on something brand new. I think if you're a nerd or a geek but or buddy, into science fiction. it's good that people didn't go to see Pacific Rim. No, now we wrong. don't have to worry about no, having a terrible Pacific sequel. Pacific Rim was fun. It's a good it was a bit of escapism. It's not as good as we wanted it to be. It was it's trash. A nice little chunk of escapism. Nope. But Garbage. we've covered that. That's like 
I think six podcasts. So listen to this, though. Listen to this. All right. So I went to get uh, my lunch today, and you know we're both healthy. We love vegetables. Yes, we do. If you see us on the show, we both look amazing. You don't want to know why we look amazing. Eighty-five years old. Avocado. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We 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 cannot be killed. We're like Frankenstein and the Mummy. We are incredibly youthful, but we do like our vegetables. So I went to get salad today. Yeah. And I'm waiting to pick up the salad, and uh, and a song came on that I hadn't heard in a long time. Did you start dancing? No, but I listened to it and it brought back some memories. Did you start crying? No, I didn't start crying, but it was the Traveling Wilburys. You remember this? They tried to put together this uh, yeah. super group. Yes. You know, with Tom Petty and Bob Dylan and Roy yeah. Orbison yeah. and uh, I don't know, maybe one of the Allman Brothers. Yeah. And, uh, and it didn't quite work. And so I started thinking that uh, Traveling Wilbury is a terrific term for things that should be awesome but right. don't turn out to be awesome. And this Super whole groups. summer, yeah. this whole summer for movies has been kind of a traveling Wilbury for me. Right. A tra- With, this whole yeah. thing, you know? That's good. That's a little bit of a long you, way around on an analogy. Yeah, but I thought uh, you might I, enjoy I see, that. that. You know, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. So I, I have seen lots of movies this summer so that are traveling So what is the theme Wilburys. music for this summer? Is it a traveling Wilbury song? A, a theme music for the yeah, summer? Yeah. It's probably a Katy Perry song. I, oh, wait. Baby, you're a baby. I don't know. Neither one of us knows any Katy Perry songs. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's been a traveling Wilbury summer, and you know. But one of the lone exceptions is two guns. Yeah, yeah. Because we so had we have arrived where you were trying to get to expectation for this thing, and yeah. it was a hell of a lot of fun. We like uh, Wahlberg and Washington so much. They're both so charismatic. I mean, honestly, they they could just sort of show up. And kill time. I know? love the, this director now, Balthazar Cormacher, yeah, he did who that, also directed Contraband. Yeah, which what we are you laughing that at? Movie. Remember how in, that intense that stupid movie was? We were both just sweating through the whole thing. My it was hands. hot in the theater, too. It was hot, but it was just like, oh my God. It, you know, it was ridiculous. And he had to go, I think, all across town and deliver something and get back to the... Ooh, stressful. Oh, it was very stressful, but fun. Stupid fun. And I think Two Guns kind of carries that tradition. I think that, uh, you know, uh, Neil Blomkamp likes to create a uh, sci-fi allegory. This guy likes to have stupid fun with lots of gunfights. And I, I don't uh, it feel works, like though. it's stupid. I don't feel like it's beneath me. I feel like it's, uh, you know, well, it's... There's a it's, pulpy patter to it that I dig, for sure. But I, I do feel like it's a movie that, uh, that there's an intelligence behind it. Right. There's... Uh, there's a vision behind it. Well, there's, you know what it is, is there's uh, an abundance of character in this film. And I, I love these guys. I love yeah. Denzel Washington. I've never been more in love with him than I am right now. He's, he's very handsome. He's so charismatic. And you know what? Watching these two work, uh, you know, I mean, no one does effortlessness on screen. And it's something I've become more and more aware of as we watch movies, you yeah. know, and we're going to talk about a big project, which has both of us watching a lot of movies very soon here. Yeah. Um, just the just movies that that are that feel effortless and performances that feel effortless and that seem so organic right. and you know watching Denzel Washington like even at the smallest movement on this guy he just he it doesn't take any effort or at least it doesn't look like it takes any effort and you know you see Wahlberg on screen sometimes mm-hmm. he he's close to being the effortless performer that Denzel Washington is but you can still see him work a little bit you know well, what I mean I, I and I think, think that's something that's a criteria I think whenever you see a movie like how effortless is this production am I aware of the work that right, went into right, this right, right. and Wahlberg you can you know he's sweating a little bit Denzel man that guy I haven't seen him sweat in years 
this guy is good. Yeah, I mean, he's always had that that uh, owning the role kind of quality about him. Even when he was on TV back in the day, he really shone. I mean, I what used to like... What was he on on TV? He was on St. Elsewhere, you know, a million years Shit, ago. Shit, how old are you? Which, uh, 85. We've already gone over this. I ate a lot of vegetables. <laughs> he was on St. Elsewhere. But uh, with Howie Mandel, for Christ's sakes, he was also awesome on that show. Uh, and Head Begley Jr. Oh, my God. Uh, anyways, uh, Denzel was fantastic. Totally trying. He was kind of like the George Clooney of that show. And then he did, you know, go on to do a lot of these Spike Lee movies. I, remember, I love him in Mo' Better Blues. I mean, he's just so damn effortlessly cool. Talk I about love the way you say that, Mo' Better Blues. It was awesome. That was yeah. a great role. And you're right. I mean, he has, I think he must have theater chops. He must have, uh, um, you know... The ability, the uh, entrenchment, the education, the training with this stuff to really take it seriously and to really just kind of sink into the skin and breathe these characters. And I feel that Wahlberg is earning that. But I think that his there. foray into Hollywood was totally different. He's younger, different. too. He's almost 20 years younger, or 15 younger. years younger, yeah. But I also feel like he was a discovery, you know, and that there was a risk taken on him and that he was magnetic and charismatic and that he- Because he's not the most handsome guy. But he is a guy that he's commands the screen yeah. and you, you, uh, you're, you're kind of riveted by the performance because of his really crazy energy. And his brother's got that too. His brother's an actor in a bunch of things as well. He's very- uh, he, Danny? Yeah, he's interesting to watch in the stuff that he, I've seen him in was, as well. Was but, he the one in the Funky Bunch? Yeah. No, no, Mark was the funky bunch. The other guy was the new kid on the block. But oh, there, is, there is something about these guys that, um, you know, and Mark especially, but it's been cool to watch him mature into his roles, you know? And I, when he worked on uh, um, uh, the Scorsese Entourage. picture, oh. Oh, Entourage as the, a producer the and all that. Yeah, but when he was into The Departed with DiCaprio and... Uh, He's great. With Matt Damon, he... That's it, an effortless performance. But yeah. He was amazing in that. Yeah. With all of this incredible talent and one of the best directors of all time working with him and still... And Alec Baldwin's in that goddamn movie and that guy's a scenery chewer as well. He's amazing. That guy's an incredible actor. But Wahlberg was phenomenal. He was still able to just pull that something out of that role and make it so unique and distinctive and memorable. And I think that was a turning point for him. Everything you know that he's done since then, you know what, has been a little bit better. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something uh, that is a little embarrassing. Yeah. But when I watch EP Daily or reviews on the run, I watch you, and what you do is so effortless. But people watch me, and you can see me still working. Because you have you have about 15 years on me. I mean, I'm never gonna catch up with you. But well, it's that effortlessness that I aspire to. That I think. You have worked really hard. I don't know if you've always had it. I mean, I guess maybe you always did. When I used to watch the show when I was still in the States, in New York, and I'd watch uh, EP Daily there. And you just, you just, maybe some people just have it and some people can acquire it. But I think some people just kind of, they can work all their lives and never have it. I, I don't think I'm ever going to have it. I think I'm always going to have to well, you, hustle. You won't have it if you, if you think too much about it. That that is that'll be your blockade right. for sure. So I think I'm learning from the master here. I, I think the uh, you know what I have learned is that you the more that you watch yourself, particularly when you've got all of these insecurities, which never go away. By the way, you always feel like there's something. What are you insecure wrong. about? Your penis is huge. <laughs> I've, I've there's always all of us walk around. We're all frail and we're all fragile and That's vain, true. and we all carry all of these things around with us all the time. Uh, but I think the more that you look at yourself and observe and try to be as, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, 
try not to beat yourself up too much. Try to just be, you know, look at it from a, a purely non-judgmental way and just sort of critique yourself in, a, in an encouraging kind of way so that the next time that you, go, you step up, you remember some of the things that you remember, uh, you, you've, you pointed out about your last kick at the can with this stuff. Uh, it becomes easier. And that's exactly what happened with me over time. And I'm certainly not admitting or agreeing to the fact that this is this is uh, old hand or second nature or that I make it effortless Shit, at man, all. I've seen you walk in off the street eight o'clock in the morning and shoot EP and it's just there. It never goes away with you. You don't there's no warm well, up. I'll tell you what I do know like it's about, just boom. About, about doing this stuff is that the, the words that come on the page, the script or, or the words that you have to, that we come up with quite a bit in, in, uh, in our improvisation, because a lot of the stuff that we do, there is no script. We just go with it. Uh, you, they won't always be perfect, just like they aren't always perfect in regular speech and a regular conversation, but you need to believe them mm-hmm. and you need to find a way to believe them. And what I always do, and I find myself doing and have found myself to, uh, uh, to kind of just accept and, and uh, you know, value is that I change the words to fit my belief and to fit my conviction. And I do that all the time. And I can tell when I'm putting words together that, you know, because of the sentence structure or the way that it's been written for me, it just doesn't feel authentic. And I, I tool them around and I twist them around and I, I find levels and layers in the way that I deliver them that feels when I hear them ringing in my ear, more authentic to me. And right. I, I have heard my voice enough now that I know when that's, most of the time, when that's right um, and when it's wrong, you know, most of the time. And I, and honestly, it's just from practice, man. It's just from doing yeah. it and doing it and doing it and doing it. Well, I know that uh, one thing I used to tell myself when I, would, when I was back, when I was writing more, yeah. uh, when, I, when that was my vocation more than talking with you and being on TV, uh, I used to, instead of getting all worked up with my anxieties and self-consciousness, which is very easy to do, it is. I would, uh, I would tell myself to just trust in the fact that I have an interesting brain, and then if I just get out of the way and let it work, then I'm going to get what I need from it. Yeah. But it's, I, I always have to create obstacles for myself. I, you know, the anxiety just clouds your, your, your sense of logic, yeah. your ability to, to put words together, your ability to find that right word. Yeah. Um, but if you just trust in the fact that you're smart and you've got some interesting things to say, uh, things usually turn out okay most and of the time. We are all interesting creations, you know. We all oh, have this stories. Is turning into an after-school special. But now. it's it's true, though, you know. And I think uh, <laughs> whether you're applying for a job or or you know you're in a job and you want to transition to something else that you don't want to do that that you would rather do or. Uh, if you want a better experience in your life in whatever whatever way possible, I think you just have to you find that truth in yourself. You know, I had you this kind funny of adapt, moment. Man. I had this funny moment this morning. I woke up. We have we're in the middle of a super busy day. We yeah. don't need to go into details, but we started very early and we're going to go till late tonight. Yep. And I woke this up is super a two early. Movie six yeah. studio. I was up early writing scripts this yeah. morning. We're, we're it's, so, it's just before a holiday yeah, weekend, yeah, so we're shooting like mad. Long weekends, yeah. yeah. So we're running around, and I woke up, and I just felt this sense of exhaustion. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to do everything that I do today. I'm going to try to be the best that I can. Yeah. And I just had this moment where it clicked like a switch in my head, and I'm sitting at my desk, and it just kind of it kind of flipped over, and I just thought, I'm going to go after everything today. Why yeah. not? That's right. Why not? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and enjoy and, it too. And, yeah. And enjoy myself and try to make the most of this long day. Or I can just dread it every step of the way and say, we've got a million things to do. We'll never get through this. Well, you know, it's such an asshole way to approach. Interesting digression day. coming off of watching two guns, but I think you're right. I think there is an effortlessness to the, uh, uh, to the way that it was put together. And it's, it is a bunch of professionals. Maybe the, uh, the director isn't a guy with a huge credit list, but boy, can he assemble a cast! He's also got Edward James Olmos in there. He's got a he's got a vision for yeah. sure that that he is he is realizing on screen, and I think that's very difficult to do. I think I think it's hard to make. I think it's hard it's hard to make a movie. I've never made a fucking movie. I don't yeah. know, yeah. but I think it's almost impossible. Well, and it's, it's so kind of miraculous trust, that, that any of them exist at all. And I totally. know that. And I think yeah. about that even today when we're watching Elysium. It's miraculous that this thing even exists at all, or that it makes sense at all. Yeah. And, uh, and well, think the, about the amount of trust, right? Because you have to follow this guy. Like everybody has to kind of jump on board with this one person and his vision. And he's going to get all the credit. You know, he's going to get his name above the title. And uh, if the film is a success or if it's a failure, it's going to be kind of on his shoulders for the most part or her shoulders. Uh, and, you know, so there's trust that way. But from that other perspective, the director has to then trust a crew uh, that he may or may not know. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to hire a bunch of actors who are each coming at it from their own business perspective and their own uh, ego perspective. And there's trust that has to happen that way. Uh, and everybody's busy and, ha- and is trying to find their next gig the whole time, which is something that nobody really ever talks about when we talk. We go to these junkets or these set visits or these yeah, carpets. Yeah, three movies ahead already. They're, honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, on, you're, the whole time they're shooting these things because it's a uh, it's a you know rain and shine kind of uh, kind of a thing. They're they're always worried about what's next. What's next for their career? What are they going to yeah. do? So that even, that even now Elysium's opening and uh, Blomkamp's already onto his I next know. movie. He's, he's shooting, shooting his new movie. He's shooting. Uh, what is it cap what's it called cappy or something like that yeah yeah cat that sounds right you yeah. know what i also thought of is, is midnight run remember yeah. that movie that's totally. i think we always forget about that movie and you know you know who else i want to give a shout out to here we're talking about Wahlberg in washington but uh, edward james almost he's amazing he is he, he is so good well, in this I, movie I, battlestar galactica would not even no. have been a blip without him without the dad figure right well, he's it, the dad of everybody what? in that show he was he was uh, he was super dad, you know. He was the the height of responsibility uh, personified in an incredible character with so much gravitas and so look much how, heart. Look and, how scary and also warm simultaneously he is in Two Guns. He yeah. has that fatherly presence totally. still, but he's also he scares the shit out of you. And yeah. so to be able to pull that off as an actor, I think is also is effortless, right? Conviction, also effortless, yeah. yeah and and in uh, an intelligence, I mean, I've interviewed him and I, I've I've been to uh, talks that he's given yeah. at different conventions, and the, a brilliant human being, you know. And I think that's. That's also part of this equation as well, is that when you put smart people that aren't lazy, that are able to find a, uh, a level of commitment so that it doesn't look like a ton of work, you're able to get fantastic work. You, you know, know what I, I also didn't know is that, that this is based on a comic book. Right. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a comic book by Stephen Grant. Yeah. Have, have you read this thing? No, I haven't. Yeah. No, I haven't. But I, I really enjoyed the flick and and uh, two seven point fives from us. So it's not think, like it's off the charts. Yeah, I don't. Know? I don't think it's going to be a gangbusters blockbuster success. I think it's going to be you know maybe a black sheep or a nice surprise for people. But I, I you know. It's absolutely one of the best things that, that's happened in the theaters this summer, which is kind of 
tragic it's thing. A tra- the whole summer is a traveling Wilbury. Yeah. I told you, man. It's we went over this already. And listen, but tonight we're going to go see where the Millers, yeah. Jason Sudeikis, Jennifer Aniston. See how that is. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah, not, I don't have high hopes. I don't either. Might, no. Maybe we'll get some laughs. I, you know what I love? I love when we sit together in the dark and we both laugh at something. That is just the best. Like, I still remember when we saw Bridesmaids for the first time. Right. I mean, almost all of these, even the shittiest comedy, there's usually one. Even even Grown Ups 2, I think we had a couple laughs. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. You know, that yeah. is just the best moment. You got your popcorn. You're enjoying a laugh with your buddy in the dark. It, I know. Seriously. <laughs> that is not a traveling Wilbur. <laughs> But uh, we are doing something that is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, tell and everybody fun. about well, it. Well, I, t- I tweeted it out yesterday yeah, just to spill kind of, the beans. I, I wanted to get the uh, the sense uh, from who was ever reading my tweets at whatever time that was, like ten o'clock, just to get a, a see if there was some positive or negative kind of response to and? this, and a little positive and a little negative. So, what do you got so far? Give, well, give me some of these tweets. Well, just like awesome, saying? awesome, and then I I, I, I already know it's going to be Batman at number one. Or but Red Dead's going to be in there. Or can't wait to see this uh, Magnificent Seven, one of the best. Uh, you know. So what we're doing, we have a hundred episodes of this season left at uh, starting Monday. On Monday, uh, of reviews on the run. Of reviews on the run. We right. have it's uh, episode one hundred and fifty-one on Monday. We make two hundred and fifty in a year, and so for the next hundred episodes, and I I just discovered this when I was looking at the calendar and I looked at the episode number and I went, holy shit, because this is something I've wanted to do forever. We've been talking about it for a year yeah. and trying to figure out a way to make it work. Absolutely. But then when I saw that, it's like, boom, okay, this is absolutely something Ding. that we have to do. So every day, starting yeah, on Monday, right. we're going to look at one movie and like one this Monday? game. Yeah, this Monday. Yeah. One movie and one game. Okay. And, and we are counting down the top 100 best movies and video games from Reviews on the Run. So our favorite movies and games. And we're not going to spoil anything. I don't want to talk about any of the things that are on the list. And we're not going to spoil them with teases. We're not going to tell people, you know, the day before. So you have to watch the shows to kind of get caught up. And obviously, this will be a really nice collection of content when we're all done by the end of the year. Uh, but... Um, our list is not like any other list that's out there. First of all, the, uh, the games list, because we've been reviewing video games for so long, we're going to be able to use a ton of really cool classic review clips from Reviews right. on the Run. And it means you're, you're going to see some faces from the past, Absolutely. including one man whose name begins with a T. Yes, two Ts. Uh, and we've also done a ton of movie reviews, so you're going to see a lot of great movie reviews uh, with different uh, individuals flash up on screen as well. But the lists themselves, you know, I've looked at hundreds, top 100 lists out there, especially in the film category. I think there's probably going to be some correlation with some other games lists that, that are out there, some, some ones that you'll kind of recognize. Uh, but I don't know if there has been a big media thing recently about a top 100. And with all these new consoles coming in and this sort of transitionary phase that it feels the industry is in, it's kind of refreshing to do this and to kind of take a holistic look at where gaming is so absolutely some of the stuff that we've been playing on uh touch devices and things like that played a part in our decisions but uh in the film space 
this is not the Citizen Kane, Casablanca, you know, America Film no. Institute uh, kind of list. No, at we all. stuck with mostly, uh, and that was one of our criteria. We had a lot of discussion about this. Well, it has to fit what we put on the show. So it's it's stuff that's in our wheelhouse. Right. That's always the expression we use around here. It yep. has to. Uh, it's, so most of the stuff is genre stuff. I mean, I think there are a couple of exceptions, but we're talking about uh, you know stuff that. Uh, don't give them away. I know it's hard not to talk about it, but yeah. you know, don't be surprised if you see some superheroes flying around or some cool science fiction or some horror stuff. And there there was a bit of battling. I decided at the outset that I didn't want to throw down too much. And I wanted, I mean, this has been, this is your place. You built this whole place from the ground up. This, these are your shows. You, you invented these shows. And so uh, I deferred to you on a lot of these things. But we did talk it all through. And, you know, we didn't... Uh, we talked about it with a couple of producers and other people uh, and with you and everybody threw in some suggestions on this. So this isn't just the Victor Lucas were, list of 100. There were a lot of moments where we were all were like, oh, yeah, how do we forget about that? Yeah, you for know? sure. And new discoveries along the way. And so far, we've already uh, called in from the field and have made a change on one of those things. And I'm sure that that's going to happen as we continue down the list. You so know what's we're been still so a- great, though, is this is this is an excuse for us to go back into the vault. I mean, it's this incredible. has been. Let's. I mean, this has been a traveling Wilbury year for games as well. It's been traveling Wilbury for uh, for well, movies. Like it's been a soft year all around, and to be able to go back and to just steep yourself in the very best content. Yes, it's so indulgent. It's it amazing. feels so good. I mean, the other night I was watching Blank. Yeah, yeah. See yeah. what I did there? Yeah, I, I got you all nervous. Yeah, and I was having such a great time with that. And uh, you know, the other I just finished a playthrough of a classic PC game that uh, I really feel like should be number one. If it's not, I can't say anything more. (laughs) Fuck, this is going to be so hard. Uh, But my God, being able to go back and just and just let these and just open your eyes and and see these things. Well, you know what we can do on the podcast now, right? Every week from now on, there will be five of each revealed. So we can talk a little bit more about. Oh, people uh, can also uh, text us. I mean, tweet us and And, and let us know. this, This is your chance to, you know, tell us how much you enjoy what we're doing or how off we are, how off base we are. If you've got your own list of 100 best movies or 100 best games and you want to throw those in, absolutely, this is your time. I mean, this is, uh, we build this stuff, not, you know, for you guys. If you're, if you're listening and, and you want to participate and, and give us your feedback, we're all ears. We absolutely want to hear it. And, you know, because this is going to be a big part of our programming for the next several months, uh, this will also be a part of the podcast discussion every week, I think, too, or on a regular basis anyways. But I, I, I agree. I think it's been a uh, it's been a strange year. I mean, the consoles are weird, right? Are kind of petering out. There's been some really fantastic, phenomenal games like Bioshock Infinite and, uh, you know, Tomb Raider and, and of course, uh, The Last of Us and, and, and you know, we, and DMC. But they've been these games. Uh, that have had like Luigi's Mansion, where have, they've it's basically been like one a month. It feels like you know one or two a month. It hasn't been you know sustained weeks of incredible interactive experiences. Right, we get one game and then we have a drought for yeah. four weeks. Yeah, it's been weird, man. It's been very strange, and obviously people are shifting their money and trying to figure out how much they're going to spend on next gen and. And, uh, you know, we're hearing about all of the struggles that all of the different studios out there are going through. Uh, and we get it. So it, it is good. And I think, you know, part of the decision here is to spend some time on television talking about the best stuff that's out there. You know, Very so if you can't stuff. find it, if you can't find that great new thing to play or enjoy or to watch, 
here are some other great ideas. Yeah, it's okay to go back into the vault. It is. Absolutely. So I got a couple of uh, reader mail questions. Okay. Are you ready for one? Oh, yeah, sure. All right. This one is from Aaron. Podcast question. Why does every new comic book movie have to start with the origin story? Can they not make a movie about the superhero already as the superhero for many years? Already doing the day-to-day hero thing? Did Superman really need to start with an origin? Or Spider-Man? Two of the most well-known comics ever? And we have to sit through their origin, really? Need to come up with something better. Boy, Aaron sounds exasperated. And I no, I think justifiably so. I think they needed to do it with Man of Steel because they didn't want any connection with the Richard Donner series or Superman Returns. They needed to start fresh on that one. Um, and I actually really enjoyed the way they approached the Kryptonian origins and all that, as we've talked about. I with didn't. Spi- with Spider-Man, that was ridiculous. I mean, I liked the, the origin that they did present, and I think that Garfield's a terrific choice for Peter Parker. But uh, yeah, man, we just watched Raimi do the definitive version of that not too long ago. You know, Spider-Man 1 exists purely to set this whole thing up. And, the you know, for all intents and purposes, and it looks like, especially with the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 that's coming out next year, they're even coming back to the look of what Raimi presented for his Spider-Man with the new costume, yeah, which is really I a take on the old costume. I don't understand. I mean, they really could have just gone forward. And I, I'll tell you this, man, like when they do uh, eventually decide on the next Batman and they bring Batman back to the screen, whether they do some kind of reveal of him in the Superman Batman, my guess is that they're going to rehire Christian Bale. I've been thinking about that quite a bit. I think they're going to make him an offer he can't refuse, and they're going to bring Bale back for, for uh, Man Horse of Steel head too. in the bed. Pardon me? Horse head in the bed. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. uh, when they do find that new Batman, I really hope to God that they do not do another origin thing. They well, need to listen, start though, a Batman like, movie off with him chasing somebody. But nobody really knows. I mean, I guess the era of the super, super superhero film is still relatively new. Nobody really knows. I mean, even Nolan in his third kick at the can really didn't know what to do with Batman. He dropped Bane into the mix and he didn't really have a message. He really lost his focus. He lost his way. And I, I don't know. People don't really know what to do with these superheroes beyond telling the origin story, which is such a cinematic story to tell. It's an easy story to tell. It's the lowest common denominator. And I think that's why we keep going back there. I don't know, man. Iron Man three kind of explored some really interesting directions. No, I think, you know, the way that they approach the Mandarin traveling will be Innovative. I really dug that. I really enjoyed that movie a hell of a lot. I think the Avengers also um, catapulted us right into the action. Didn't really spend a lot of time setting up who these characters were. And that well, was they'd super done that fun. already in all the other films. Yeah, we didn't Captain really know America. who Black Widow was. We didn't really know who um, uh, Hawkeye was. You know, like it, it, it was, uh, you know, even the Hulk. They, I guess they had kind of, we, we all know who the Hulk is. I like the way that the Avengers approached it. That was an impossible thing that they they pulled off with that. These Spider-Man movies really offend me, though. Yeah. Like what? What a money pit! Like what are they doing? Like I understand. I mean, they just they why are they like? It's like they're tearing down a perfectly nice building and rebuilding it again, exactly the same. And you know that why the fuck are they doing this? Stupid Hollywood bullshit sort of derailed Sam Raimi to direct the fourth one because he did a really good job on the first two. The third one I didn't hate. I mean, it was. It was filled with silliness for sure, too many villains, but uh, I sure like the Sandman in that. And you know what? I, I, I much prefer Andrew Garfield to Tobey Maguire, though. It would have been great for uh, Raimi to just carry on with, Toby, with uh, Andrew Garfield. 
but whatever. I, I didn't hate Mark Webb's uh, take on it. Hopefully, Amazing uh, Spider-Man 2 will be good. As an outsider. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. Question for Vic's Basement. This is from Lee. Yeah. I mean, didn't, I didn't, we didn't talk about this one before we went on the air. Are you tired of the Stan Lee cameo in every Marvel movie? I think they detract from the films. I think it's an absolute necessity. I think that they, I mean, you know how I feel about Stan. He's, I know you love Stan. Yeah, I do. I love him. And I think that this is an age of uh, creators of does these characters. Does every single one need to be, does he need to be in every yeah, one of them? I, I think so. Does I he? mean, I, I feel like other creators need recognition in some of these things as well. You yeah. know, and I think... Uh, yeah, he gets he does get a lot of love for sure. And I, don't know. I, I wish there were more creators in cameos and films like that, you know? Like a lot of these creators, like Green Lantern's creators are gone. How do we pay homage to uh, I don't know you know some some of the people behind Batman and in the, in the new video game Arkham Origins? What could they do to Well, Bob Kane, who uh, really co-created Batman. Yeah. He co-created Batman with Bill Finger, and Bill Finger never gets the uh, recognition that he deserves um, or the acclaim and has never got the estate, never got the money. Bob Kane worked out a deal with DC that he always gets his name, the Batman character created by Bob Kane, and he's always been associated with all of that stuff. And he uh, one, you know, took all the credit, got all the recognition, got the glory uh, when he was alive. Um, and I'm not trying to deride or derail the, you know, the inventor of the concept of Batman because, you know, he, he is the guy that initiated the conversation around all of that stuff. But it is, I mean, I've, I've talked about this before. It's a two-way partnership on the creation of these comic heroes. It's art and it's, it's a, uh, a written concept and an origin story. You can't have one without the other. And, uh, I mean, I love that it symbolizes when they put Stanley into this thing that there's an acknowledgement that this has uh, crossed over from a different medium and they're paying respects to, the, to that other medium. Um, but when are we going to outgrow that, though? Because it does, you know, I have to say, like, it's, it's, it, it was fun at first, back when these things were still a novelty. But, well, why, you know, now I, it takes you out of the movie completely. I think completely. we outgrow it when Stan is gone. And that's, that's a sad thought, you know? That's a sad thought. And, I, you know, I also think that uh, we won't see that again, which sucks. Because a lot of these guys create indelible characters and I see it pipe up all the time you know time and time again a character will appear in Arrow or something that was created by somebody for DC Comics and is there anything in the credits or anything in the no and that's crap I wonder if there's ever been a director of there must have been of one of these movies where he's just like and then we gotta put in the fucking Stan Lee cameo <laughs> somebody gets Stan on the phone he's gonna be a bus driver in this one I don't one. know man like I, I think about this okay Tobey Maguire made hundreds of millions of dollars off of the Spider-Man work that he oh, did. Oh, man, he's getting bottle service at the well, tables in Las Vegas. owes his career and the lifestyle that he lives right now directly to Stan Lee and St Steve Ditko. Yeah, some other people too. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I, he should be thanking those guys and anybody that's sort of making their bread and butter well, what off What do you mean? What's he going to do? What is, what is Toby Maguire going to do? Why, why, why does he care? Well, he's a multi-millionaire, and he, now he's a multi-hyphenate because he well, has he would producing say, power. You know, I have a Toby Maguire-ness that brought something special to that role that elevated that material. That's, that's probably the way he thinks. 
For sure. Like he is part of the success story there for sure. But he would not have the career that he has if he didn't play Spider-Man. I don't know what the fuck happened, but somehow this has turned into a comic book podcast. (laughs) I am so bored and out of my depth. I could give a shit about Stanley. Okay, so you say let Stan do his cameos. Yes, I love Stan. uh, Actually, that question I think was from Stan. That was from Stan himself. He wanted to know if he should continue to do his cameo. Yeah, man. I love seeing Stan. Okay, Stan, so that's the vote of confidence that you were looking for from Victor Lucas. One last question. Brenda Morton. Yep. And I'm, hey, do you think we will get to see more Indiana Jones now that Disney has purchased Lucasfilm? Oh, these are the questions that I love that put you to sleep. No, no, no. This one I'm okay with. Indiana Jones I can get behind. Okay. Yeah, it's the it's the super it's the cape okay, stuff. Disney doesn't give a Disney. shit about Indiana Jones. I'm sorry to say that, and uh, it breaks my heart. Why? Um, Why don't they? Because it's not the cash cow that Star Wars is. It's not a licensing juggernaut. It's Why not does even everything just have the, to make a fucking billion dollars? It's not even just about the movies. Disney is about the franchise and the toys and the uh, appealing to kids at every level. I mean, there are cars diapers out there in the world. You know, like they need. They there need, are cars diapers, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh this, God, there are I, awesome. I, on my baby daughter, I, every uh, I, I think we're on Sesame Street diaper. I, they also own Sesame Street. Uh, but there there I have got Winnie the Pooh diapers on her every once in a while. And it's, uh, you know, that's the thought process at Disney, you know, and I'm sure there are Jedi Knight diapers if coming or if they're not already in the works. You know what I'm saying? And Indiana it's Jones, really the end of days. Indiana Jones just does not transfer across all of those different things. You know, there's a lot of licensing you can do about Indiana Jones, but not to the degree of uh, Pixar creation or uh, you know Star Wars animated. Like, I think it's tragic. It's sad. I think it's ridiculous that Tomb Raider and Uncharted can continue to become. Uh, you know, high value propositions on the back of the concept of, you know, something that Indiana Jones really commercialized to begin with. But Indiana Jones is a a smaller world, too. It's not like Star Wars, where you have a million different characters and different planets. You have one guy, basically, and he's too old to do anything anymore. The toy line that doesn't sell like like the Star Wars toy line does. You're ready to, you know, hand the reins over to somebody new and let him try to be Indy. I mean... Well, and also the uh, the world of Indiana Jones is a finite one, you know, like he he's a a guy with limited technology visiting, you know, ancient worlds uh, with some supernatural qualities. And I'm listen, I I think that there's tons of uh, of uh, opportunity and tons of ways to invent great fiction around this. I think that it would be amazing to see an animated show. I think it'd be amazing to have a. uh, a young Indiana Jones uh, retooled TV series um, with better tech and, and uh, you know, stronger actors. And uh, imagine today's television showrunners and today's television uh, production capabilities with the Indiana Jones uh, brand. I think that would be incredible. Um, but I don't think it's a priority for Disney. It wasn't even a priority for Lucasfilm. You know, they let they squandered it. They made terrible uh, that Staff at Kings game, I'll never forget, you know. I do think that there should be new video game properties built around Indiana Jones. I think that's a no-brainer. I think that even makes more sense sometimes than more Star Wars video games. Um, but do I think Disney's going to do that? I think what we might see is Indiana Jones might pop up in Disney Infinity. 
Jesus. That might happen. It really is the end of days. First planes, diapers, cars, yeah. diapers, and now uh, Disney Infinity has Indiana Jones in it. Listen. Yeah. yeah. This was fun talking with you. I know. It was good. It was good. I'm glad you know, I have to, Indiana Jones. I uh, wish I had better news, man. I, I really I, do. I know Harrison Ford wants to make another one. I mean, that's something they can make money off of. I have to offset all of this uh, comic book talk, though, by saying that uh, the NFL season is starting soon. Yeah. Get excited, people. Get it, get hot, everybody. NFL. Get, get Woo, sports. Yeah. Go team. Well, you know, you're going to have to put up with some of my sports talk this year. No, that's okay. I like sports. I just don't, I don't have the time that I used to have. I used to watch college basketball and NBA every week and started getting into hockey. Well, listen, it's a holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing this weekend? You got to do a little barbecue? Can I come over? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's do some barbecue. I'd love to do that. It's been that incredible easy. this summer. Got myself it. invited over. Right. Come on over. Yeah, it has been an incredible summer, except at the box office, <laughs> traveling Wilbury everywhere, all over the place. Yeah, you know what? It's the the uh, the TV seasons have been pretty damn fun. We, we oh yeah, uh, we got the new Breaking Bad yeah, coming up on yeah. Sunday. But it, you're you're kind of right. The movies have let us let us down a little bit, and we've been a little bit thin on the uh, on the game stuff. And I think that's Pick why three we're responding. We're responding. Pickman three is pretty. You, you fun, You want to get actually. online tonight? Yeah, Pickman three is pretty fun. Team up. Absolutely. All right. No uh, multiplayer, apparently, in Batman Arkham Origins on the Wii U. Okay. Which is shocking. What do we need multiplayer for in Batman well, anyway? Well, they're putting it in. You're going to be able to play in teams and, oh, and, good. and uh, go and fight with uh, as Batman and Robin and stuff. Sounds like it'll be fun for the world for about two and a half ah, weeks. Come on, you cynical bastard. I can't, nope. I can't wait to see how that, on, that turns out. I just feel out. terrible for the people who work on that, and then two and a half weeks, no one's there anymore. Oh, like those people spend years working on that. That's splash damage that's putting all that together. All right. All right, anyways. Stitcher! You can also find us on iTunes. You can yeah. listen on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you tell two friends and they'll tell two friends and then they'll tell two friends. And, and hey, 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 get out go. there and make today great. I love that. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Sounds like a bumper sticker. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.